You are now listening to the Keys and Anklets podcast, your one-stop source for frank and honest information about the hot wife and cuckold lifestyles. You can find this episode on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio, or you can head to www.keysandanklets.com and subscribe right from the website. Now, let's get to the good stuff with the host who separates fact from fiction, Michael C. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Michael C., back with another episode of the Keys and Anklets podcast. And on this podcast, we talk all about the, the wife-sharing lifestyle, be it hot-wifing, be it cuckolding, and, you know, sometimes with a little bit of the, uh, the interracial slash BBC lifestyle thrown in just for good measure. And my goal has always been with this podcast is to, you know, to separate fact from fiction and just bring you the real stories of, of, of people's journey you know, into this lifestyle, how they got to this point and what they had to deal with to, to get here. So this evening, I'm actually joined by a, a couple that I had the pleasure of meeting uh, down at Splash in Atlanta. And I've, I've actually been trying to have this specific type of couple on my show for a while now. It's one of the, the, the dynamic is one that I've always kind of kept my my eyes and ears open for. And so it, the moment I met him and started talking to him, even though it took me a while to ask in the back of my mind, I'm like, wow, I can't, I really want to have these guys on my show. So let me introduce you to CNA. They are a stag vixen couple. Won't you guys say, Hey, hi everybody. <laughs> and how about you? A, we could, we heard C, we didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I said, hello. <laughs> <laughs> So just to, to, to kind of give people, you know, a little, a brief explanation of, of why I've had my eyes and ears open for the type of couple that you are, um, you know, you have our side of the lifestyle, which are, you know, st- whether they're stag husbands or cuckold husbands, you know, the husbands that draw their pleasure, you know, their pleasure is based on compersion, you know, that feeling of joy and happiness they feel in seeing their partner having fun. And then you have on the other side of the fence, you have swingers who, you know, they are more into the the couple swapping and the husbands are, you know, they're definitely trying to have their fun too. And the reason why I've been kind of looking for, I guess I could explain it as being like a a hybrid couple, meaning those couples that are almost like perfectly in the middle, you know, meaning they are able to do the things on on, on the swinger side, but yet they are also able to to enjoy themselves on the you know on the the wife watching side and and so like i said having meeting you know having met cna and 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 talked to them and you know we had quite a long conversation uh, one evening and you know i just i just love what they represent and and how they go about it so that's just giving you a little bit of information on the type of of, of couple that they are so to start, why don't you tell my listeners, because <laughs> we just talked about this, how old you both are, how long you've been together, and how long you've been married? Well, I am uh, 52. We have been together 16 years. We are going to celebrate our 10th anniversary this year. Um, and I think that's, uh, I'll let you tell your age. And I'm, I'm 50. Okay, well, fantastic. fantastic. 50 years young. as I I like to say. So I guess where I'll start is, and I I guess I'll direct this to C first. How did all this come about for you? What I mean is when did this whole alternative 
lifestyle first pop up on your radar? <laughs> that was uh, <clears throat> was an in- interesting uh, through a uh, th- through some work research that I was doing. I I stumbled into um, some lifestyle sites and started researching and realizing that that was very interesting to me. So I approached my first wife uh, with the concept and idea, and uh, she was open to the exploration of it. So we uh, we started dabbling in uh, lifestyle parties, um, and then uh, decided that we weren't a good we weren't good as a married couple. We were much better as friends raising our children. And so I became the dreaded single male in the lifestyle community, yet I loved the community. So I was wandering in a wasteland and trying to find a way to fit. So let me ask you, you said you stumbled across it. First of all, uh, like what age range were you in at the time when you first stumbled across it? I was 32. Okay. So you, up to that point, you had never paid any attention to Because, I mean, obviously, we're all kind of aware of, of swinging just by watching TV and seeing movies. So we're aware of the concept of swinging. Um, but you had, hadn't really had any kind of exploration in it up until that point. No, my, my exploration was more around just traditional porn and, right. and uh, trying, to, trying to be, you know, a, a good married man and, and uh, raise children, doing all the traditional stuff. I'm a, I'm a firstborn. And so I have, uh, if you ever really the firstborn stuff in uh child, child, uh, you know, the, the age, um, first, second, third born. Stuff. I was a firstborn. So I did everything by the book. And so the book said, you get married and that's what I was doing. Right. So you said you kind of stumbled across it and you're reading about it and it's appealing to you. One of the things that I'm always curious about, especially when I talk to a couple that kind of came in through the swinging door first is, there's two parts to it. There's the, oh, I get to play with other women without getting in trouble for it part. And then there's the, well, that means she's going to be playing with other guys. Did both of those parts appeal to you equally? Or did you, was it more or less like, well, if I'm going to play, then this kind of comes along with it? Absolutely. It, it's all parts that comes along with it. I'm, uh, I'm very much a believer in, in uh, women's power right? and women, women kind of control the lifestyle. And uh, so, yeah, I want to be in it because it was uh, appealing with all the different variety of, of opportunities with women. But I also had no issues uh, with the thought of my wife enjoying herself as well. Okay. So you were, you reconciled that from the very beginning and, and, you know, went into it with the full understanding of this is about both of us. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. So let me, let me shift to, uh, to a, when did all of this first get on, on, on your radar? Um, so I was, uh, had just gone through a a bad divorce and started dating somebody that was, uh, cheating on me on some lifestyles that like sites like adult friend finder. Right. was on a couple of sites like that and I didn't really know what it was. So I, I asked him about it and he lied to me and well, I moved on from him, but I started say, wondering more about it. So I started looking up what these different sites were and um, I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. I, you know, uh, maybe I'll just try this out. And so I uh, wound up keeping my profile up on one of these sites and came across a few single guys 
and girls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, we, I only really responded to a few, but. Uh, there you go. I was wondering who was going to do it first. Don't worry. I'll take care of it. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Please continue. Please continue. C was one of the few that I responded to. And when I met him, I just uh, knew I was in trouble is exactly what I said to myself because (laughs) I did not want a relationship at that time. I was happy being single and learning what this lifestyle stuff was and exploring my roots. And I didn't want basically monogamy. So I kind of dreaded that relationship, but yet I knew this guy that I was meeting at that time already did something to me so i was like and then when i found out he actually enjoyed it as much as i did mm-hmm. now we do have to add in there that that we did meet on a swinger site um and she was the unicorn so i i love to tell the story that i that i caught a unicorn <laughs> but she had one single picture of her butt and uh, no face pictures and that was important because our first meeting was at an on-premise club in uh, the Baltimore, Maryland area. And she got to decide, she got to look at me through the crowd and decide, yes, I like him from his pictures and I'm going to introduce myself or nope, not for me. I would have never known she was there or not. I, I knew we'd planned to be there, but uh, she had the power. Right. And then she realized, oh, he doesn't know what I look like. So she had to come over and introduce herself. And uh, once we did, that was, uh, we chatted a little bit and then she, she went off to continue her party evening dancing and, and intermingling with everybody at the party. No, that's, 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 that's awesome. Um, and so just to kind of give my listeners an idea, you were, you were both already in the lifestyle when you met. We were, which is, I was purely out of curiosity at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had had a little bit of experience with his ex-wife and, and then I was in it as a single male trying to establish myself in a new community. I had moved after the divorce. And uh, so I was doing things like working any, I was cleaning toilets, changing sheets, whatever they needed me to do at any party they had just to prove that I was, I was a good guy right? and, and could be trusted. So let me, let me ask you your experience at navigating the lifestyle as a, as a single male how would you say that, you know, benefited you or detracted from what you brought to the table being a part of a couple? Uh, that's, that's a good question. I, I benefited from it because I had that firsthand experience of, of reaching out to the couples, to writing the emails, to sending the photos, to try and initiate that contact uh, and to be, rejected if you will um or make make dates and and then have them not show or or back out um and so i i it made me work and then it made me appreciate um what a good single guy does and can bring if a a couple does choose to meet them Mm -hmm. and so then now as a couple um when we are getting all of these emails and and uh, offers of wanting to meet her. And I, I realize it's all about her. Um, I, I recognize better, I think, the guys that are, are putting in the effort or taking the time that, that write something that aren't, you know, right to the, the crass right. uh, 
actual language like you like you talk to you know repeatedly on your on your other podcast guys don't go right to the to the uh, expletives and the right it's it's about establishing good rapport and showing that you are you are more than just a a toy um that you you're a person and that you're an interesting person and so that's but but having walked outside as the single man i also now recognize the good guys as we screen for our our single males okay now one of the things that when we were at splash and like i said we 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 had that night of of of, of talking one of the things that i've always kind of witnessed because i've you know i've been involved in, in the swinging community as well and there were just certain behaviors i saw that were different from you know the, the side of the pool that i you know predominantly swim in and one of the things that always struck me was how everything on that side seemed to come with a condition. And again, this is just what I witnessed myself. I'm sure that there will be people out there who will listen who their dynamic is not like that. But I've, I've always made it a point to talk to couples that were in swinging to get their perspective. And that's kind of built on to what my own perceptions were. And that is, it always seems like things were conditional. In other words, okay, now we don't have any interest in this single guy because he doesn't have a woman with him, but we can play with this single girl because we can both play with her, you know, or, well, last time we went out, you played with three guys. I only got to play with one woman. So this time I get, you know, I get to play with two kind of thing. And I'm just kind of curious, being that you guys exist in both spaces, is that something that, 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 that you've witnessed as well? Yes. Yeah. I I've seen that. Um, personally, I think it, it's a mentality issue. I think some people aren't in it necessarily for the right reasons. And when, when they start making stipulations like that on one another, then they're not, we, we've heard some, uh, for instance, guys, couples that are together and the guy's fine with her playing with other women and him playing with other women. She's not allowed to play with other men. You can't watch him with the man. Those relationships probably 99% of the time have ended mm-hmm. because they really weren't in it for the right reason. They both weren't truly in it. One of them was giving. And um, if there's a stipulation, there's a problem, I guess. And the couples that I guess they're really in it, you know, for one another to enhance them. It's part of their relationship, making connections with other people. For us, it's, it's always been about the experience Mm -hmm. and not the scorekeeping Um, scorekeeping. If you're scorekeeping in the lifestyle, you're scorekeeping in most of your aspects of your relationship, you know, who, who got the, who got the, in the bigger fight first, who, who did this, who did that. And you're, you're almost tallying constantly. Um, and it just sort of erodes that, that trust. Um, for us, it's always just been what opportunity, uh, a hotel takeover, uh, a private pool party, uh, a private house party. You just never know what opportunity is going to create for itself. And it's about that energy uh, for each other. And, you know, frankly, as, as everybody kind of realizes the the women, 
<laughs> the women can kind of set the tone for the night. If, if they come in and they're horny and, and they're looking to uh, have some good, good fun, then it's a lot easier for the guy to, to find, um, fun as well. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the other things that, that, that we had talked about, and I'm curious to get, you know, your take on this C is I know a lot of husbands in our end of the pool, the wife watching pool. I know a lot of them that have, you know, they have couples that are friends that are, that are swingers. And they've often shared with me that when they have conversations with the husbands who are on the other side of the fence, that the hardest part for them to kind of wrap their heads around is the fact that the husbands don't play, you know, like, well, what do you mean you don't play? You know, like it's, it's almost like they have difficulty wrapping their head around the concept of this guy gets more pleasure from watching his wife than he does with playing with the hottest woman in the room, you know, and I'm just curious, have you ever found yourself in a discussion like that, in a conversation like that, where somebody, you know, where you're talking to maybe a husband on the swinger side, and you can tell that they're kind of struggling with that concept of you just watching her have, like, as they put it, watching her have all the fun. Yeah, and to, and to answer that, I want to give a little more context to our relationship. We, we started out kind of as that traditional swinger couple where, you know, Hey, it was, let's go to this. And uh, we're both not compatible with them. So we're not doing anything, you know, looking for that, that perfect foursome hookup. Our situation, uh, we had to live, we were, we were a, a distance couple commuting four hours between homes, uh, for almost five and a half years. Um, and so we sort of had reluctantly or reluctantly fell into Hey, there's a party going on, you know, back where she lived and I wouldn't want her to sit at home just because I wasn't going to be able to go. So we would coordinate with friends and she would go as a third with, with some of our good swinging friends. Mm -hmm. um, I always encourage her to, you know, have a good time and, and tell me about it. You know, the next day I'd let me live vicariously through your stories. Um, but that was by, that came upon us just by the nature of our geography. Um, so then as we've progressed through our various iterations of, of the lifestyle. We've pretty much tried everything at least once and gone back and done the things we've liked again. But we have found ourselves running into the newbies, the new couples, the new singles who are finding this for the first time. And we like talking about it and explaining why we have found this so satisfying for our relationship and for our personal selves as well. Uh, so mentoring and through the mentorship, a lot of times, yes, that conversation comes up. I don't understand how you can watch her with another guy. And I always give the analogy, and I've heard some of your other guests kind of give similar, but but I always say, I, I lucked out and, and found a Ferrari. And I love my Ferrari and everything that my Ferrari can do. But the first time I saw my Ferrari, I let somebody else take that Ferrari for a drive. And they did things that Ferrari that I've never seen it do before. I was thrilled and wanted to see that again and learn how they did it and all that other kind of stuff. So keeping that car analogy going, guys like to show off their nice cars, right? That's, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, that there's that eye candy piece that they like to have on their arm. I like to take it the step further and say, look, do you want to take my Ferrari for a test drive? I'm okay with that too. 
because I, I like that. And I know she likes that as well. So yeah, we have those conversations, but that's how I kind of explain it to them that, that, uh, I, I can give her this much, but she is so much more depending on her mood and where she is. And so I don't want to do anything that ever stifles the creativity of that, that sexual energy that might get generated from somebody else or some other situation because it benefits me in the end uh, because we have that, that deep seated, there's more to our relationship than just sex. And so coming back to me and to us and that reconnection side um, with, if I was there and I saw it great, but she has to tell me about it and, and you paint the image, if you will. And I, and I get the thrill just out of that much of it. So yeah, as I don't always get play, I don't need to look for play, but um, when she has that opportunity, I, I still feel like I'm getting a level of participation and play in her adventures. Now, and I, I, I want to get, uh, I guess, A's version of this first, but I, I recall you telling me your her first experience playing with a single guy while you guys were together. I, I, I think I recall this story where you, it came about in a very interesting way. Um. I, I think you guys were away and there was somebody that she kind of had her eye on and I think it was a, a security camera or, or something. If, if, if I can recall, can you kind of share that story with my listeners? Oh, for, <laughs> uh, yes, I had a commute to work every day and, uh, on public transit, on public transit. And I met a friend on there. We made a connection. It was a little bit younger than I was. And we had the, the joke, um, he was bus buddy and I was his uh, bus wife. And uh, we joked about that and we talked around and he asked me, he saw, cause uh, my husband, well, my current husband, we were engaged at the time. So we weren't married yet. And he noticed my ring and asked me about it. So I was honest with him and um, he knew nothing about any lifestyle right. type stuff. And, <laughs> and, but he's so, you know, we talk and have a good time, give him advice on dating and stuff like that. And then one day he actually asked me out on a date and I said, okay. So we went and uh, hung out from there and, you know, relationships continue to progress and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to watch a video one yeah, night yeah, at her right. house and, uh, and she was talking to me before he came over and she said, you know, is this okay? Are you good with us? I said, I'm really excited about it, you know, and, and maybe see if he'll let you videotape anything if, if, if anything happens. So she's like, okay. And so then here I was. Well, I, I should say too, we actually wound up, we lived really near close to each other too. So when we would take public transit, we were just, you know, could walk to one another's. Um, so when he said, we mentioned coming over to my place, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, this is still innocent. Nothing's happened yet. <laughs> now, up to this point, you haven't played with a single guy by yourself yet. Like I said, I know you went to the parties, yeah. like like C said, as a third. And yep. I'm sure when you guys were together, you did things. But this was the first time this type of situation was presenting itself, right? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make yeah. sure that I was remembering it correctly. We had my couples asked to meet separately before, but we never did. Right. But yeah, we had. This was the first, yeah. Not only just 
playing separately, but yeah, separately completely. Now for you, C was, was, you know, I know you said that you had done things with your ex. Had you ever done anything like that then? Or was this a very first time for you as well? This was the very first time for me as well. This was where in my own mind, I had advanced to the thought of it and the concept of it. Um, but had not ever experienced anything like it. So was, was interested in how my reaction would be and the energy around it. And to see her, I was caught up in the excitement, the almost schoolgirl giddiness that she had about the potential for putting herself in a situation where something physical might happen with this guy. Okay. So my listeners are very curious. So what happened with this guy? Well, he came, and all honesty, I really didn't think anything was going to happen. I thought we were just hanging out, having a good time. I guess I was being clueless, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, I was turned on. I I had been talking to see about it, and we had gotten turned on at the idea and stuff. And I kind of was like, well, we'll just see what happens. And yeah, we we uh, we did everything, and didn't i wasn't even aware because it was the first time i didn't even think you know take pictures take video anything like that that didn't even play in my thought i guess i was it all happened fast and then you know jump forward to when he's gone and i'm calling c and recreating everything and i'm like i just fucked my bus buddy and he's like that's awesome you know? <laughs> That's exactly how the call came, right? I've been sitting for hours, not knowing a word, not hearing a thing, no text messages, nothing. And when she calls, I'm excited. I look at the phone, I turn it on, and I said, "So?" And she goes, "I just fucked my bus, buddy." I was like, "I don't, I don't know what I did. I just, just happened, didn't think." And and then I, I guess, and kind of in the back of my head, I was like is he going to be mad now? Because I we didn't really say this is definitely going to happen. Right. We talked about it, but again, going in, we didn't know it was going to get to that point. It was all her decision. And that was the, the draw to me was that it was her own desire and her own and I just, fantasy, her own. Um, I, I like to say the vixen in her, yeah. the, when, uh, when dirty a comes out that those are always a good evening. And so that was, that was the first time that dirty a really showed herself solo. And that's, it was kind of almost like the awakening where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to own it and I'm going to take what I want. And that that was the first time I kind of had that mentality too. And I went after it and yeah. And then, and then when I I could see what had happened and he was so excited by the response and here I was a little concerned he he might be angry. um, I was just like, all right, this is like, this is great on so many levels. I got pleasure. I gave pleasure. So it's, it's almost like he is excited. I'm like, everybody's happy with it. You know? <laughs> it's a win-win three days before we could actually be together again. Yes. And so there was this level of yes, frustration because like, Oh, I want her and yes. she wanted me and we couldn't even be together. So. Yes. It sounds like as you were, you know, telling him about it that first time you were kind of bracing for impact, but the impact, yeah. the impact never came. And in fact, instead of hitting something hard, you kind of fell into like a pillow um right and, and he talked about it and i knew you know it always sounds great but you never know 
when it actually happens, how are you really going to react? Does it still sound good or does jealousy seep it? So, I was, you know, we were all excited beforehand. And then afterward, I still had that little bit of fear. Okay, but this actually happened now. Is he still mm. going to have the same reaction? And it was like, to, to hear the excitement and almost pleasure in his voice because I'm kind of also feeling guilty too. Wait, I just got pleasure. I'm telling him about it and he's by himself. Right. <laughs> I can't even, you know, pleasure him back. So one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm curious about, um, obviously in this, this lifestyle, like I talk to uh, a lot of men who are, are cuckolds and a very common theme in cuckolding is a term they refer to as cuckold angst. You know, uh, that those feelings that they feel when their wife is out on a date and they can't see her, they can't hear her. You, you know, it's, it's like they're, it's just them in their own mind, you know, for however many hours, just kind of playing the what if game and wondering and everything like that. And so I'm, I'm curious uh, for you, see, you know, through your entire journey in the lifestyle with, you know, your ex and then, you know, being with A, and this being the first time that it was like you were you were you were committing a lifestyle act, but you were doing it in such a new way. Like it's just you sitting. I don't know if you were at home or in a hotel or whatever, but it, it was just you and your thoughts. And the woman who you're engaged to be married to is. And you, like, you know where she is. You have an idea of what she's doing, because like you said, there was no communication. So your mind is kind of left to just wander and roam and, and 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 everything like that i'm just curious how intense was that for you like where did your head go when when all of that was going because i you had never experienced anything like that before right the and and that's it's it's interesting you ask that because my first my nature is a protector um and so my first concern or my first thoughts of it was am i am i putting her in an unsafe environment that, that she could be harmed. And if that occurs, I am nowhere near to protect and to save. And so that was, uh, that was like the first uh, 30, 40 minutes of the, of the thought was that, uh, God, I just want to know she's okay. Um, not really caring what they were doing, but just that, but at the same time, I kept reassuring myself, they have built this relationship. This is a long trusted guy. You know, they've, they've, you know, he knows about me. She's been very open with him about that. So then after a little while, I'm like, well, now if they're watching a movie, what might they do? Who would make the first move? You know, then it kind of went to those kind of thoughts, trying to visualize if I was in that position, how I would play it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then after not hearing for a couple of hours and doing all of my little, whatever I was doing, busy work, um, <laughs> I, then it became sort of, well, now I just want to know she's safe or, you know, give me a, Hey, we're going to play or, you know, an update or something like that. Again, just that, that lack of communication. It's almost like when you let your kid go out on their date overnight, you know, for the evening and you say, be home at 11 and between seven and 11, you're worried. Are they off the road or, or did somebody hit them? You know, all those, all those, what ifs, right. And that's, that was more my consuming thought. Um, and then it, from a sexual aspect, I just wanted to know, do it, do it, own yourself, go, go be the slut that I know you can be and, and have a great time. Cause I want to hear this story. No, that's, that's, that's awesome. That, that was your, your motivation in that moment 
where you, you, you just wanted to see her fly. Yes. You, you know, just to, yeah. you knew she wanted it and you just wanted to see her, you know, her, her embrace it. So I can imagine the enthusiasm in your voice when you had, you know, when you were finally able to, you know, get each other on the phone and she told you that she did it. Right. You know, um, so. We, I didn't really have the couple of angst like you had mentioned yeah. because we have been doing this for a couple of years now and, yeah. and I've seen her, you know, I've been in the room and watching her with somebody. And so I knew all the, I knew her moves. I, I knew her sounds that she might be making. I knew she's good flirt with this, this, she makes, she talks about these things and that's never a good thing to say, you know, all those little bits of things. So I, I didn't, we were well past any concerns of jealousy or thoughts of jealousy or anything like that. I was more wanting her to have that super pleasurable adventure. Um, well, that, and when we get back together too, like, I, I think he enjoys seeing me have the pleasure. And then when we come back together and like reclaim one another too, mm -hmm. And share it. Even though, unfortunately, at that time, you know, it would build up over days because we couldn't even reclaim each other because we were in two different states. But that made it, that makes it yeah, a little, little unique because the time we have, by the time we do our first single guy, as opposed to a, a couple who, who starts out in Hot Wife and, and are trying to figure out that dynamic between Stag Vixen or uh, Cuckold or, or whatever the, the different, you know, terms are, we were already well-established as lifestylers and knew that, you know, we had, we had this open libidinal side that we thoroughly enjoyed with each other. And so if I can't be there, I always want her to, to, to let it run. Um, like I said, the, there's, there's nothing like dirty, dirty a when she comes out. Well, and, and C also played separately. Yes. And we left that part out. He also played separately sometimes too. Now, I'm curious which occurred which occurred first. Just curious. It actually happened with me first because we had been living when we first met, we'd been living together in the state I was in. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had met and established uh, relationships with people in the lifestyle in that area. And then C went back to his state. And when we started commuting, um, he was building relationships again because hadn't been there for a while. Right. So we, we knew people here. We trusted people here. So it happened for me first because we already had the established relationships. And that was one of the things that we had said with each other um, is we're going to be in separate States. So we're okay if we play separately, but we have to know the person we each have to, if he was going to be with another woman, I had to meet her and we had to get a, have almost respect. a, yeah, a respect and, kind of a somewhat of a relationship bond with um before yeah, we both had to be comfortable with the other person and not think because in in the lifestyle too single women sometimes you know right come, come along and do try to take the uh, <laughs> communication basically we're going to be honest we're going to meet the people and yeah now did we're you people in my state so it typically happened first and he was just meeting people and so we had to get basically to know people in North Carolina. Now, is is that something that came about after your first encounter? Because C didn't know your bus buddy, right? Never met him, even to this right, day. Right. Yes, I, was, I never met him. After, yeah. So it, now, because you just said that 
you know, when you play separately, that the that you have to each know the person that they're playing with. So yeah. is, is that something that you put in place after the bus guy? Around the circle. Yeah, that was because um, I think I was following up on something else. That did happen after got bus guy, yes. Because then when we decided, you know what, we like this. Mm-hmm. That first time was kind of like, let's try it and see what happens. If the opportunity presents itself, go with it. Okay, I got um, you, I got you. Yeah, so then after that, we decided we liked it. Then we're like, okay, we can do this. And then we went to separate states. We're like, okay, well, now you're, we're both in separate states. And we, we just had to keep basically talking about it and what we're, com- we're comfortable with and went with. Again, remember, we started, we met in the live show on the first night. I was watching her roll around with a bunch of women. Um, and like, I like this girl's mentality. But we were dating uh, for a number of years. And then I had a job opportunity that took me back to where I originated from. And we had to have that conversation of, does this relationship continue or is it going to end with the separation? And she's like, I'm, I'm all in with you. And I, I will, I will do what it takes to make this continue. And so that's when we started this five-year stint of commuting, we actually got married and never lived together. We were still commuting. Um, and and that was the big joke. I, I didn't know if we could share a roof together, but we knew we could, we could live apart and, and be with each other on the weekends and go to these resorts and, and all these different fun things around the lifestyle. Uh, but, but we had yet to share a roof together. So we were back in that aspect. So how long did it take you guys to, to finally be able to be in the same place at the same time? Like how long, like how long into your marriage? Oh, no. Eight, eight years. Well, we dated for almost seven years. I mean, we, we were engaged for, we dated for almost seven years. When we finally got married, we commuted again for another year and a half of married and still commuting. So it was seven and a half, eight years uh, into our relationship before we actually were together in the same house at the same time, doing everything as a traditional married couple. And now we're, we're celebrating our, our 10th year married and 16 years together. Well, congratulations. Congratulations. Uh, so, um, I think when I when I met you guys at at Splash, that was your first Splash, right? Yes, that one. Okay, now I, that was your first Splash, but was that your first time attending um, an event that was built around wives and single men? Yes. 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 Yeah. That <laughs> we we had not ever found anything like that, but I knew that I was seeking something like that. Yeah. And had seen some of the advertisements on on all the different swinger sites that we were on uh, for these types of events, but they were never big takeovers of a whole hotel. They were a house party or right, and and they weren't anything very close to us. So it was gonna it was gonna be an effort, but it was always something that I wanted to try because that's something we hadn't tried before. Mm-hmm. So you walked into Splash Week and not really knowing what was going to happen. Oh. <laughs> a, a little. Can I tell this part? <laughs> please, please. Okay. okay. So we first we found out we didn't even know Splash Mocha existed, but it, again, you didn't. Okay. Apparently, it was just me. Uh, but again, it was of interest to both of us. We had dabbled in similar type things, but not as organized event an event type thing like that. Um, so we oh we went on a, we cruise. Went on a cruise we met a couple um 
that ha- that also does a podcast and they they told us about Splash Mocha and I'm like okay this sounds amazing this is what we're talking about so as soon as we got back from the cruise we st- started researching it more and looking into it and and um, listening to podcasts because this is yeah. the first time that we had found out about this was the mixed nuts podcast yes. mm-hmm. and they actually told us about your podcast and O Face and a couple other ones and so when we got back from the cruise we started listening to the podcast and I started first uh, and then a, I got her to sit down and listen one day yeah. and it instantly piqued her mind. And we found out very much now that, and this is your line, Michael, but I love it. And I tell everybody it now you have to get between the woman's ears before you can get between their legs and the podcast community, starting with mixed nuts and then introducing us to keys and anklets and all the other ones really got between A's ears and piqued her interest. So then it became easy to sell her on the Splash Mocha event, but we knew what to expect somewhat because we had listened to yeah. Mixed Nuts, two reviews of their first two events. And uh, their first one, they, they didn't know what to go, they were going into. And the second one was a Lauderdale event, and they knew exactly what they were going yeah. in for and, and how to address the weekend mm-hmm. appropriately. So we had we had some insider knowledge with some experienced people to uh, share their experience. And that was that guided us. Uh, But we knew uh, Atlanta was going to be a smaller event to dip our toe in and make sure that it was something that that we wanted to uh, we we wanted to embrace. We wanted no, we actually wanted to go to Fort Lauderdale. We did want to go to Fort Lauderdale. We wanted to go to Fort Lauderdale, but both of them, I think the main well at that point the July one was already sold sold out out. when we booked when we booked for Atlanta. August was sold out at the bank. So we're like, okay, Fort Lauderdale's not gonna work for us. So let's try Atlanta. Um and that one worked out. And we found it to be as good an event uh, in the lifestyle, to, just take away the the specificity of the single males and the hot wifing dynamic that that is sort of set up for. Right. The overall event, the coordinator, <clears throat> staff, the the uh, screening was was phenomenal. It was really well done. No, they they really go above and beyond, and 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 they they put on a. a a, a, a top a top shelf event i mean it, 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 it first class event and we have yeah. been we've been on nine takeover cruises lifestyle takeover cruises yeah, we've been, uh we've been to hedo desire temptations. secrets temptations and we've been to all the locations and and really found you know in comparison this was this yeah. was right up there as one of the best events that we've ever been to yeah and so we wish we had found out about it sooner because we just we ha- just happened to meet we that couple more. that told us about it and <laughs> we found out why that current year was already it's so popular and so well run that the fall it, it's already sold out you know? oh yeah no, it, it, it 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 sells out it's been selling out faster and faster <laughs> and like, why didn't we find this any sooner because we just we loved it and i mentioned earlier how much dirty a when when dirty a comes out the 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 sexual vixen side of her comes out we almost need to give her another uh, an alternative name but uh that event truly brought that out and i found it absolutely um energizing to to see the energy that she brought that, that came forth from her that whole weekend um and we went home exhausted and like when's the next one how do we get into the next one yeah <laughs> well that that that's actually a a, a good segue because i was going to ask you about that c um as far as like you said you know you like i'm always curious about how 
you know, regardless of, of, of what it is, there's this thing that happens in a lifestyle where, you know, you've talked about it, you've talked about it, you've talked about it, and then all of a sudden you're in it. You know, it's almost like Christmas, you know, as a kid, you know, from August through December, you know, you can't wait till Christmas, you can't wait till Christmas, you can't wait till Christmas, and then all of a sudden it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> and then you wake up and it's Christmas. Like this day that you've been looking forward to for all this time is finally here. And so as far as how that pertains to the lifestyle, you know, we, we talk about these situations and we talk about it and we talk about it and we talk about it. And then eventually that day is there. So I'm just curious, you know, you, you, you get to splash, you, you check into the hotel, you're walking through the hotel, you're, you know, you're feeling the energy and everything like that. How observant, were you of just watching her, not even talking about the playing aspect of it, like just seeing her in that environment, knowing that for this, for this whole weekend, not just for a party this night or, you know, while this guy is coming over for a date or, but from the time we check in till the time we check out, this entire weekend is all about you. You know, like I am here to facilitate you. And just kind of seeing her in that element, what was what was that like from your perspective? I am I am a researcher by nature, and so when she said yes to this party, I started my research, and I was looking at the guest list and who was going to be there and stuff. But I was already in Georgia for work ahead of a flying in, and so I went by the hotel early to just check out the environment and and see what I was you know get my comfort level and lay of the land first. And I saw two two gentlemen in the parking lot that were carrying in equipment and uh, instantly recognized those as, oh, my gosh, those are her type of guys. And I need to pick and introduce my wife to them when she gets here. So that's how engaged I was in the uh, Christmas Eve, if you will. Um, So then when I had to drive to the airport and pick her up on Thursday evening. Um, I, I couldn't, I, I probably broke so many speed records getting, <laughs> uh, because I had gone and checked in early so that I could, you know, get my luggage in and kind of get the lay of the land, our room so that she wouldn't be distracted by any of that, that when she showed up, she was just going to finish her check-in and be able to start absorbing all of it. Um, I know she can be a little intimidated initially, uh, while she gets herself comfortable in her environment. So I was doing all of those things to facilitate uh, the smoothest transition from her finished work day, get on a plane, fly in, and, and then arrive arrive at Splash Mocha for her first time. Um, so yeah, I was I was watching and attentive to all of it, but I had pre-planned so that I could be in that secondary role and watch her. And then if things started to overwhelm, I could step in and shield or correct or or get her as comfortable as possible, as quickly as possible. And she, uh, she adapted very quickly. <laughs> so, uh, for you, a, you know, you, you, you arrive, like he said, he's already been there. And, and again, I'm just curious if this, if this thought, you know, had even, had even crossed your mind, but I know from conversations that I've had with, with wives in the past, sometimes there can be this feeling of, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say guilt, but mm-hmm. so much of the physical pleasure is directed at you, meaning you have the, the women have the spotlight on them the entire weekend. And I'm just curious 
how you were able to deal with the fact that from the time I check in to the time I check out, all of the attention is going to be on on me and not wanting him to feel left out in in any way. Like, how did you handle those feelings or did you even have those feelings? I did. I, I kind of, I guess at, at first I wasn't really sure, I guess, because I didn't really know what to expect. Right. And I didn't really fully understand that it was going to be all on me. I'm still thinking kind of, oh, we're going to a party. We're both going to get attention because that that was what we were used to. So right. it hadn't really sunk in. I'm one of those that when it actually happens is when I realize it's real. <laughs> and uh, so when we actually got there and I realized oh my gosh, the attention really is on me. Then yeah, I did kind of get that um, feeling bad because I always, I'm a giver as much as a receiver. And I just, you know, he's giving me pleasure yet. I want to give him pleasure as well. I don't want, I don't ever want him left out or not enjoying himself too. So yeah, I had that little bit of guilt. Like I can't just have pleasure. And But you also know that I tend to find of find friends and have a good time. I know, but it's, in whatever. it's so many of those. And that's why I, I just, I like to share it with them. So, and I, I know he enjoys the stories, but I like, I want him to have his pleasure as well. The first three playmates that she found at the party were all guys I pre-picked out yeah. and made a point to introduce because I knew her taste and what she would enjoy. And so I, I was, that really made me feel uh, extra special because I'm like, oh no, I told these guys, you are, you are definitely my wife's style. Mm-hmm. And when she, I want you to meet them. And when I brought her to them, they're like, whoa, hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of easy. Like, what's this single guy coming up and telling me oh, how great their wife's going to be in there? They want you to meet, right? And then I show up and, and A walks in the room. All of a sudden they're like, oh, this guy's legit, right? <laughs> he, he doesn't sell me a, he didn't sell me a sack of beans. Right. No, he was, he was, he was, he was definitely on point. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious uh, for you, A, so you're, you're, you know, you're at Splash and he's, you know, you're getting adjusted. Yeah. And he introduces you to, you know, the, the first guy that he, you know, had pre-selected knowing what you like. Right. Can you remember when it sunk in for you that, okay, I don't have to be worried about him. He's having a great time. Because I, I'm guessing, and the reason why I asked that question is, once that moment occurs, pretty much like that first experience that happened where he wanted you to own it. Once yeah. you get to the point where you know that he's okay, that he's having fun too, and kind of the last remnants of whatever guilt you were feeling kind of fades away, and then you're able to 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 own the rest of the weekend. Like, do you remember when that occurred for you? I do. <laughs> it was on the very first night, actually. Um, it, it, we didn't have. I got in kind of late and changed really quickly, and we went right back downstairs. And the whole way, um, he picked me up at the airport, and the whole way there, he's telling me about, oh, I found these three guys that I picked out for you, and he's going in all this detail, and I'm like. Okay, this is interesting, you know, and I'm I'm still in the back of my head. I'm not walking the threshold yet, so I'm still thinking, yeah, but he's going to get attention to it. Yeah, it's not all about me. And then I get there, and he introduced me to the first guy, and he said, "This is the this is the guy that I saw here that I was talking to. I told you about blah blah." blah. And I was like, 
wait a minute, he's really excited about it. And then I, I realized this isn't, he wants me to have the pleasure. I, I guess it just all came down on me at once at that point. At a swinger event, like when you go to a, a normal hotel party, that's for, for lifestyle swingers. Um, there's a lot of that. You got to talk with the couple and, and you got to see if you're all compatible. And so there's, there's a lot more, um, there are a lot more moving parts. A lot more moving parts. There's a lot more chat. There's a lot more drinking. There's a lot more socializing. There's some dancing. There's you know, and and if anything happens, it might happen later in the evening. We're we are never, <laughs> we're at that age now. We're like down and dirty before nine thirty, right? It's <laughs> I know that sounds bad. We're not we're not our best at two in the morning, which the lifestyle parties all kind of seem to carry into that thing. So at this event where this is much more a a, a DTF party. Mm-hmm she was still coming into it with that, the lifestyle party mentality where we needed to come down, socialize. And right away, guys are like, well, you're fine. Would you be interested? You know, after she liked them and stuff like that, like, do you want to go, you know, do a little more and watching her transition from a traditional lifestyle party now to a hot wife party or, uh, you know, the, a splash mocha event party, um, was was really kind of fun for me to see and once she realized that it was like all all rules were gone the, all the normal rules that she usually followed were gone and 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 she was she was in she was all in you know that's 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 awesome to hear and i, I never grow tired of because i when i'm at splash i spend a lot of my time observing and the one thing that you notice is like all of the husbands kind of have the same like shit eating grin on their faces, <laughs> you know, like, like they are just so happy yeah. and it's, it, it like, it, 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 it's prevalent. Like it's, it's palpable. Like you can feel it. Like you walk around and they pass you in the hallway and you look at them and they're smiling and, and you, you know, like I always talk about, you know, and again, this, this is not about me bashing swingers. It, it really isn't. I, I know a lot of couples and, 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 you know, and they're fantastic. It's just when you spend so much time in this part of the lifestyle and you're around that energy, meaning like, like with you two, like, like all of this excitement, all of this enthusiasm that he has in wanting to see you have a good time, right? Like as intense as it is coming from him, when you go to an event like Splash or even a smaller house party, when all of the husbands there are giving off that same energy, it's incredible to be around. You know, like nobody's sulking, nobody is 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 getting an attitude because, you know, hey, I really wanted to play with that wife, but you could have been nicer to a husband, but because you weren't, now we're not going to get to play. Like there's none of that, like none yeah. of that. You know, it's just all of these husbands who are basically a a lot like uh, C was, they're pretty much acting like their wife's wingman, you know, like, like, hey, that, you know, like they're picking out guys for her. Like, you know, like, hey, I know what my wife likes. You you are her type. Hey, come over here. Let me introduce you to my wife. Like the husbands are so excited. And when you get used to being around that kind of energy, when you then go to a regular swingers function, you notice it like you, you, you notice the difference, like you notice the lack of that energy. 
you know, one of the things that I always kind of re- remark on, and I'd be curious to get your your, your take on it, and I, th- I think we talked about it the night that we, we met at Splash, is one of the things that I'm always noticing and always commenting on about this end of the lifestyle is the fact that pretty much almost in every case I've seen, the wife's confidence increases dramatically. Not, 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 not just her body image confidence, but her confidence, like it, it permeates into everything, like the way she may carry herself at work or the way she may deal with her family or her friends. Like she just becomes this much more confident person. And the interesting thing to me is I don't always see that same progression when I meet you know, when I'm at a swingers function or when I'm talking to, to, to couples that swing. And my theory is, and I'm not saying this right, again, this is, this is only my theory, is in, in, a, in a swinger couple, in a swinger dynamic, I, I, I guess it would be safe to say 100% of the husbands play. Like, that's what makes them a swinger couple. You know, all of the husbands play with other women. And, yeah. but the interesting thing is, is, is it's not a hundred percent of the wives play with other men because I do know couples where they only play with single women, you know, um, they won't play with other couples. They only play with single women. So I think the number of wives that play with other men is high, but I don't think that it's the same 100% that the husbands, you know, as the husbands who play. So basically every time they go anywhere to any kind of function, from the moment they walk in the door and maybe even before, maybe even when they're looking at the guest list or what have you, he's looking for women, you know, like he's, he's canvassing, he's uh, canvassing the room. He's scoping out, Hey, which wife here is a, is a wife that I would like to talk to. Who's catching my eye. Who's hot. Who does it for me? Who turns me on? And so every time they go out, he's openly lusting after other women. And even if she's cool with it, you know, based on my, my experience personally uh, with, with women and understanding how women are and how women think, I feel like on some level, she's comparing herself to every single woman he's showing interest in, in some way, you know, Oh, she's taller than me. She's shorter than me. Her hair is better than mine. Her boobs are bigger. Her boobs are smaller. Her butt is bigger. Her butt is smaller you know, whatever, like in some way, shape or form. And it's almost like it's a, it's a can't win kind of scenario because if the woman, if she perceives the woman as being more attractive, that may make her feel a certain kind of way. If she sees that the woman is not as attractive, then it can almost be like, oh, well, what does that say about me if you would play with her? You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like it's a, it's a, it's a can't win kind of proposition. And so I see a lot of wives in swinging who, even though they've been in it for a while, they don't seem to have that same level of confidence that you see so predominantly on, on our side. And, and again, I think it's because on our side, the women are always the star of the show. Like they're always the star. And so I, I think that plays a, a, a big part of it. Again, I said that's just my theory from watching back, you know, sitting back and, and observing and being in these situations and just kind of paying attention and, and also in, and having conversations with people. 
and I'm just curious, being that you guys kind of exist on both sides, what your take on that would be. I I would definitely agree with you, especially for me. I would say my confidence level definitely shot up after the Splash Mocha event, uh, other than uh, just a regular swinger event. Some of it, in my case, though, is like I'm wanting him to get pleasure because I love him so much and I know what he can do and how he makes me feel. And I want him to give that pleasure to other people. So at swinger events, I think I find myself focusing so much on making sure that he's enjoying himself too, that I don't get as much pleasure. Maybe sometimes at the she's swing- a little more distracted. I'm always, I'm always worried. I'm always worried about my loved one. But then when I got to the splash mocha event, it's like, wait a minute, he's worrying about me and he is telling me to not worry about him and just be. So in my caring nature, I was able to let up, I guess. A is very competitive. Um, she used to, she used to race cars. She, she has a, she has a very high adrenaline streak. And when you put her in an environment, she, it's not so much a, a, a comp- yeah. she, she does compare. Cause I think women, every woman does compare themselves to every other woman in the in the room so i think your your uh assumption is your, your theory is is correct in that aspect but she also looks at them as a comparison and then as a competition like oh okay he likes that all right well, let's see how she does because he's coming back to me and then i've got him again you know kind of thing so so she has a competitive edge to it too which i think is unique for her because of her personality she is uh she, Though she she doesn't credit herself as being a, a strong woman, uh, she is in a in a quiet manner. And so, showing up at like Mocha, we, we, remember we had been trying to meet single guys. We were on Twitter or not Twitter, um, Tinder, and we were doing Tinder trying to find single guys um, because we weren't having much luck on on the swinger sites with the swinger guys and or the single guys. Um, and I know because other couples have said the same thing. That's a, that's a chore. That's a, and the husband does all that work, screening, meeting, not going to like this guy. Nope. You're, you're not going to match. You're not going to be all that kind of stuff for that one that you then try and set the date up and see if they're going to have the chemistry. Go into uh, a dedicated event that caters to that. Um, she isn't, she's not comparing herself to all of the women or feeling competitive towards anybody else in the room. She is there uh feeling now who i want to be the best that i can be with all of these other guys or for all these other guys and i'm excited because i see the quality of men that we have been seeking through all of these other websites all congregated in one location i'm like this is awesome because they're all here they they are the kind of people that i like to see her with and then yeah i'm not there to play but all of the guys that we met were also very personable with me. And I had a great time visiting and getting to know all of these other guys, like making new friends. So it was almost like being at a swinger event, but knowing that my side of it is, is just for the, the pure uh, presence side of it. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say with swinger events, sometimes you have the pressure of, are we both going to be, you know, again, they have rules. So some people, 
you got to worry, okay, are they both going to be attractive? Are we both, are we all four going to be equally attracted to one another? And then if we are, can they, you got to make sure all the dynamics work. So it's, it, there's a lot of thought sometimes and it's almost exhausting. And when you go. Hot wifing is easy. Yeah. Hot wifing is <laughs> don't have to worry about it. We're both, not, we're both attracted to them. Okay, we're not. Or are they okay to play separately? Are they, are, you know. Um, <sighs> no, it's interesting that, that you say that. Um, one of the things that I, that I often say, and, and, and whenever I get the opportunity to talk to a, a swinger couple, I, I always try to, you know, to, to get this point across and to at least get them to think about this aspect of it. And that is, if, if you're in a swinging lifestyle and you are a part of a couple, your wife has given you access to, let's be honest, she's given you access to so much pussy. Like she's made, she's opened so many doors for you just, right, yep. just, just by you being attached to her. Yep. And if your wife you know, if you're fortunate enough to be married to a very hot woman, then like it, it goes up. Like the hotter she is, it goes. It's like if you could put it on a graph, the hotter she is and the more personable she is, the more that goes up without you really doing anything. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the, the way that I've always looked at it, and I've talked to a, a number of husbands that they could never imagine taking their wife to an event that is focused on, on single males. And my thing has always been like, look, I'm not I'm not saying that you have to convert. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that you have to decide either or like you don't have to leave swinging behind and make the decision to go into hot wifing. But it's like she's opened so many doors for you. She's made so much possible for you. You've benefited so much from being in this lifestyle with a woman who is walking this path with you. You can't take a few weekends a year, you know, once every four months, even if it's just a, 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 a one party for one night and say, baby, this is for you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not about us finding a couple. It's not about any of that. You find a guy that does it for you or even, in the, Hey, go on, you know, go on the, on the website and, and, and let's take a Friday or Saturday night and you find a single guy. I mean, I'll get the hotel room. I'll take us all out to dinner you know, I'll, I'll, I'll set up everything that this night is for you. And, and what I try to explain to them is, do you know what would happen if you did that for your wife? Like what you would get back in return? Not that that should be your motivation for doing it, but it's still going to happen. Like she is going to be so appreciative. You know what I'm saying? That the next time you do go to a swinger function, Man, she's going to make sure you have a great time. <laughs> True. <laughs> and yeah. I, I just, I just wish that more husbands. And I, I, I hate to come across as being harsh, but when I, when I meet people who would never do something like that, it just comes across to me as being very selfish. You know, like why do you, why does it always have to be about you? You know, like, and, and you know, we, we all hear the term in the lifestyle, you know, taking one for the team and, hey, we're not going to take one for the team. Let's be honest. I'd, I'd be generous and say eight out of ten times, the wife is the one taking one for the team. Yep. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not saying it never happens, but it's very rare where you hear a couple say, yeah, you know, 
the the wife the the husband was smoking hot. You know, wife was all over him, but his wife was like, uh, you know. But you know what? I did it because she <laughs> wanted him. Now I'm not saying it never happens. It's just it, it's just rare, <laughs> right? You know, it's it's just very rare. So she she is she is she has done so much for you. And I'll be honest, like as many doors as she's opened for you, let's be honest about the husband. See, you, you've opened no doors to Dick that she couldn't have gotten on her own. Absolutely correct. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there is there is no door that you've opened for her that she couldn't have very easily walked through on on her own. So I you, I, I just wish you, that more husbands would understand that and not be so afraid of you know of giving that opportunity to their wives to be able to experience being the center of attention and not always have it be on some oh well, we got to find two people that we're compatible with and 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 that kind of thing so that's that's just my take on it you know I'm sure that there'll be people out there who would offer a differing opinion but I, I just kind of wanted to put that out there to at least for anybody listening to this to to at least start the conversation yeah, I think it depends on the di- dynamics too, because there's some women that <laughs> don't want to share their husbands. It just each couple has their own dynamics of what they're comfortable with. We just happen to be comfortable. I'm happy for him to be by himself, and he's happy for me to be getting the center of attention. And I'm happy for him to get center. Of, but some couples don't like that. They're not Michael, like you've talked about in some of your uh, past podcasts that we've listened to. It takes so much for a woman to get to this point. To one step into the lifestyle, but then to two embrace that and then take that to the next step of just single guys um, that if you're a husband and you have your wife who has gotten to that level, why would you not want to foster that continued progression? It's it's a it's a gift, like you said, that that she has brought you with her on this journey. Don't limit that. You'll go out and buy her a diamond ring and give it to her as a gift to make her happy, right? But if these guys give her the gift of one of these weekends, if it's something that she's fantasized about or talked about, give her that gift and and then just like that diamond ring, all of a sudden she loves you and, and gives you all the attention for weeks or months or years after. You could do something like this and get that same type of response back and you might find that you like it. Yeah, and that, that was one of the big reasons why I really wanted to have you guys on was so that people on the other side could hear and maybe think about it. Like, oh, well, this is a couple that, like you said, you've been to the Desires and the Hedos and the, 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 the you know, the Swinger Cruises. Like, you, you, you've done all that and you still do all that. Like, you, just because you went to Splash doesn't mean you're not going to continue doing those things. But it's right. just another arrow that you've added to your quiver and... It is something that right. that it, it's something that allows you see to give back to a as as weird as that may sound like you going to splash and taking her to splash and making splash happen. It's almost like a way of you saying thank you, like thank you for, you know, for not judging me. Thank you for <laughs> allowing me to indulge my kink you know, thank you for embracing, you know, this naughty side of me, you know, like, Hey, in other words, this weekend I'm living through you. Like I'm living 100% 
through you. And then she gets to see, like she said, you know, that first time, like feeling your excitement, like, holy shit, he's really into this. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like he's not faking it. <laughs> like he's not just feeding me a line. Like he's, he's really into this. And then once she saw, you know, how much you were into it, it just allowed her to just let go for the whole weekend. And yeah. that in turn drove you crazy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just this constant circle of, Hey, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. And you want, and you both wind up just having this unforgettable experience. And, and that's, that's a microcosm of our entire relationship where it's been a journey that each one of us have wanted to walk, but we have each other walking alongside it and experiencing it. And each adventure is a new adventure. So like Splash, yes, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to explore this weird side of me that has now I have developed or or come to recognize in myself over all these years with you. And great, let's try it and see. People who limit themselves to doing the same thing, the same time, always with all these rules and stuff like that, I think they're, they're limiting their own adventure. Right. This is truly what this is. And well, it's like five years say, from now, 10 years from now, who knows where we will be. We're going to be pretty wrinkled. But. <laughs> you can always try it. If you don't like it, then don't do it again. Yeah, you, 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 know, to try you have the experience and you can share that talk. It, that's the best thing is it opens up communication with post trips that all oh, the research and the conversations we've had oh, yeah. post Mocha has been just awesome. She's come, Oh, look, I found this new person on Twitter and I started following this one or I listened to this podcast and, and we trade podcasts back and forth as we're traveling. Hey, listen to this one. So we keep up to, well, up with speed well, with everything. And when we travel together, we'll listen to podcasts together and talk about it. We'll pause them in the middle and have a conversation. <laughs> and you know, it just, it elicits so much, it enhances so much of our personal relationship on this, this side fun thing that we do together. Um, and, and in God, we, who's not willing to at least explore that and see if it works for them is, uh, is he's just cheating himself. One thing um, that I did want to ask uh, a about, and you mentioned something about this uh, yourself. See, as far as having this perspective, being at splash as a woman and being around all of these other women, who are from similar situations and who have similar mindsets. What was that like for you? Like, like seeing this, this community that exists between the women at Splash, like how much they supported each other and encouraged each other and, and, and bonded with each other. What was, what was that like for you? Oh, that was amazing. I, I mean, I, I couldn't even, cause we had, we, like, we had talked, we had heard about Splash, we had researched it, but when I got there, you just don't, you don't realize it. You do. You just feel this instant energy when you walk in and not just from, you know, sometimes you may go to a similar type setting and you just feel it from the men. You feel the women's eyes like kind of angrily looking at you or, but there, there's no judgment. You make as many friends of both sexes. And like you said, the support is just amazing. And people would ask, you know, is this your first event? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, Oh, here, let me show you, you know, and it just opens up all kinds of communication. No, I, I just love hearing uh, about the women's experience as far as interacting with, with other, you know, uh, women who, because let's be honest, again, 
I hate this to come across like I'm I'm bashing the swinger side, but I'm just I'm just highlighting the differences, like the different things that you see. And you know, I've been to parties where even though play is in, you know is enjoyed at at parties, sometimes the slutty kind of play I've I've seen it in women's faces is like frowned upon. Like, oh my god, that's her fifth guy you know, kind of thing. In some, in some. I mean, right. I guess there's a little bit of, you know, a little bit of everything. Cause there's also the group, like we tend to hang out with the people that aren't that way, but there, there definitely are some that way, but we, we, we try to be with people. Again, we, we like to make the personal connections with them. Right. As, it, as friendship too. So, but yeah, I've definitely seen that in there. And then you get to an event like Splash and it's like, women are like high-fiving each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like what was they it? had cards with how many? In yeah, Google, that you know, was the, the, yeah, that was another podcast we listened to, but talking about yeah, the, the scorecards. And, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the slut bingo. That was that was. Girls were awesome. playing slut bingo, and we're like, wow. That's, and that's and I think, cool. matter of fact, I paused the podcast when I was, we were riding on the road somewhere, and um, I was like, oh my god, all these women think like I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, they 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 absolutely do. Oh, um, See, now I wanted to get your perspective because you had said earlier how you've always enjoyed being around that kind of feminine energy, like those sexually empowered kind of women. So what was Splash like for you to be around a hotel full of women that approach this lifestyle like your wife does? Um, like a kid to candy store. <laughs> Because I do have a very much um, voyeuristic uh, kink as well, and so not only when when A was just moving through and and socializing or doing whatever, I could go in and and watch other women and just you know it's like it's like live porn, but with every type of and and uh, shape and style and color of of ladies out there. Um, and they didn't mind it. I wasn't a creeper because mm-hmm. I wasn't, my wife wasn't attached at my side. They were actually like, look at me and like, were excited that I was watching them being pleasured. And that fed to their, you know, to their fantasy of whatever they were experiencing at that time that was encouraged. And so to be, um, in, in that room and, and I, I didn't find myself as, in, as, as invisible to the women as I thought I would be, um, as a, I don't want to be racial, but as a, as a fair-skinned, you know, blonde male, um, I was not the primary sought-after uh, flavor. <laughs> right. But yet, I I still had very engaging conversations with women. I was flirting. Um, I you know I, I had been I got a blowjob. I, blow I was position. My one lady said, "Absolutely, I'd love to give you a blowjob." And so you know, it was there was a whole lot for me to do and engage and experience uh, where I, I expected to be a lot more invisible uh, throughout the weekend. And uh, that was not the case in any way, shape or form. We both made connections and we both got, you know, yep. keep in contact with some people. Yep. It's just, but when we have met single guys outside yeah. of like mocha party stuff, like I have had that where I've been, almost disregarded and, and yeah, eliminated yeah. or forgotten about. And, and, uh, being respectful, I can be intimidating. I'm told in, oh, in man, a, you're a big old teddy bear. 
That's what I always do. Otherwise, one one last thing that I want to ask you because I always try to be be mindful of the time, but I really kind of want to get your your take on this is. I'm guessing that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Splash was probably your first time for both of you actually being in the presence of cuckold couples. Like you heard about it and maybe you encountered one sparingly like here and there, but there's, there's a healthy contingent of them at Splash. And, you know, it's one thing to kind of hear about what a dynamic is versus actually meeting people who are living their lives in that dynamic. And I'm just curious as to what your experience was from interacting with couples that are walking that path. Like what did you learn about cuckolding from being at Splash? What was different for us, because when you go on these big cruises or like the big Vegas uh, lifestyle events that we've been to, we'll see other cuckolding, but you see it at a distance Mocha offered us to see the the more sexualized side of it, where uh, the guy was put in the corner or was wearing a cage or, you know, had some of that physical. We've always seen it at more of a distance. And so from that aspect, uh, that was that was new and different and interesting for us. Yeah, I I don't know how else to really. We're we're one of those like it's not our relationship per se right, but right. we don't judge either we're, we're fascinated we just like to see people pleasured and we're fascinated to to learn more about anything whether it's for us or not you know mm-hmm. so it, it's exciting to see other people enjoying everybody was enjoying what and, they like as we had listened to all the podcasts going into mocha and, and learning the new terminology and then being able to see it firsthand and recognizing oh that's called this or mm-hmm this is their dynamic. Um, it was like we had, we had a edge, like a class in it and then we got to go see it real life and experience it. Um, it was, that was a, an interesting aspect and fascinating. Um, and so there was pieces of it that, you know, when, when explained to us, like, Oh, well that, that makes logical mm-hmm. sense. Um, where we, before we would have been ignorant and go, that just, that sounds weird. Right, right. now. It's not weird. It's it's this, and it creates that dynamic, and this is the the power that comes out of it. All those all those other psychological aspects that we weren't aware of before. No, it's 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 awesome to see, and like I'm I'm so far past my first time seeing it, so that allows me to kind of relive that first time vicariously through others, and you know, talking to them about what it was like to experience that, and and kind of like like I say at the top of the show separating fact from fiction yeah you know like well this is what we heard it was about and this is what the way we've seen it depicted but when we were actually around them in the same room in the same occupying the same space it's not like that at all you know what i'm saying like yes their dynamic may be a little bit different but we have a lot more in common than i may would have thought we did prior to being at an event like this Uh, yeah and again We've been together for a long time too. We've been there, done what we thought was everything until this was brought to us too. And just now, now I find that I want to go sit learning. down with them like you doing with us and discuss further right. and, and understand more the 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 feeling behind it and the dynamic of how it how they developed to that portion in their relationship. Cause I want to know more. I'm yeah. curious. Oh no, it's 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 a rabbit hole, man. And once you go down <laughs> 
I'm 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 still in the same rabbit hole I went down 22, 23 years ago. So yeah, be be prepared to never come back. Uh, but, but before I before I let you uh, get out of here, uh, one of the things that I, I like to end on is, you know, much like you guys were, you have couples that are listening to this that are wondering you know, can we do this lifestyle? Can we walk this path? How is it going to affect our marriage? How is it going to affect our friendship? What would your advice be? And I'll, A, I'll let you go first, uh, to the women that are listening. Like, what would your words of encouragement be to them who they're kind of on the fence? They're not sure if they want to walk this path. They're not, they don't know if they can do it. You know, they're still trying to overcome some things. So what, what would your words of encouragement be to those women listening? Well, one thing is really to look at themselves. They really got to learn to know themselves. And I know you hear it on everything, but it's so true. You've, you've got to be honest with the one you're with and really talk about everything you think, you feel, and not worry about judgment. And and when you have that that good, strong basis and you're really doing it for the both of you, you know, you're enjoying this together as a couple. Um, I, I think that's what that makes it. I, I've unfortunately I see too often couples go into this for the wrong reason. They don't have a solid foundation, and they think that you know this may fix it, or and it just doesn't. But I just that open, honest communication with one another and make your relationship first, and then the fantasy second, and then the fantasy second. And the one thing that we we say to everybody is the biggest thing about all is the friendships that you make you have for a lifetime. These are the people that are there for you. And it becomes that if sex happens, it's a bonus. It's about the real true relationships you make with people and everybody can you know, always use a true friend. So just be true to yourself and honest and enjoy it. Well, absolutely. Now, same question to you. See, you know, you have, you know, husbands out here and they're wondering and, you know, can I do this? And, you know, like you said, with the Ferrari analogy, you know, how do you handle somebody driving that car in a way that you don't drive it or that you are unable to drive it? Like, how can you still enjoy that car when you know that you're not the one pushing it to its limits? Uh, so what would your advice be to those husbands who are who are struggling with that aspect of it? Yeah, and I, I, knowing this question was coming, I've been thinking a lot about this and trying to think of something different than what other husbands you had on say, I, I really think that a husband, you need, need to do that deep soul search mm -hmm. and really understand what your triggers are. If you, if you have a jealous streak, um, it, it, express that to her. If she says, Hey, this is something I want to do. You have to be honest, knowing that that's, that's in you and either do the work to figure out how to deal with that or be honest and say, I can't get over that. It, it really comes to start with your own self introspection. And then once you're, once you know what you, who you are and, and where you want to go, um, celebrating her, uh, who is with you again, out of choice, she, she, you're not forcing her to stay with you. You, you've, you found this very special lady who, who's willing to share these types of things with you. Um, be willing to, to think of that unconditional, don't put restrictions like, Hey, I know my limitations. I, I, I know that 
women have fantasies just like men. I think that's kind of how I look at it. If, if I'm thinking of something like this or I'm interested in something like this, she might have a similar thought or idea and she might want to experience that as well. It's a two-way street always. It's not about you. And if you make it about her, um, it, it like you said earlier, it will come back to you in spades. Mm-hmm. But it starts first by knowing you and knowing what your desires and interests are and then being able to express those openly and, and honestly with her um, and then talk through the response. Like if it's something she hasn't thought of and you, you're trying to bring it up because you're curious about it, um, you have to, you have to make that first step. Don't, don't just uh, wish that she was, that she would find this or something like that. Take active roles, know that this is something you want and then actively pursue that by introducing it to her. No, that that's, that's fan, fantastic advice. And, and with that being said, I want to, you know, I want to thank you both uh, for, you know, taking the time out of your schedule to come on and kind of share your story, you know, of your journey with my listeners. I, I deeply appreciate it. Um, you know, I just want to, you know, like always give a shout out to my Patreon supporters, you know, without them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to, to do what I do. Um, I just recently celebrated my fourth year of having this podcast. Actually, May was, was four years. I started doing this back in May of 2018 and, you know, the effect that it's had on my life, you know, uh, the people that I've met, the, 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 the lives that I've been able to affect, you know, it's very overwhelming at times. And, and so just a, a really, really strong, heartfelt thank you to, uh, to everybody who was a part of that. You know, whether you were a guest or a, a listener, a, a Patreon supporter, wh- whatever lane you're in, uh, I just want to thank all of those people that, you know, that played a part in, 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 in getting me to this point. And for those who are not yet a Patreon supporter, like I always say, maybe this would be the episode that makes you say, hey, you know what? We like what that Michael C. guy is doing. We like what he brings to the table. We want to see him continue to do it. You know, um, so with that being said, I'm your host, Michael C. A special shout out and thank you to my guest, CNA. And this has been another episode of the Keys and Anchors podcast. And I will see you when I see you. Peace.